morning, guys. I uh, hope you guys are safe and healthy. I hate it we can't be there together in person, but at least we have technology we can meet together here on Facebook Live. Um, I don't know about you guys, but if you planned or set some New Year's resolutions, how, how are you doing? A lot of people probably already broke them already, right? I want to give you a few just in case you're thinking about, hey, it's not too late, too far into the new year. Maybe these are some ones that will kind of jog you know, your creative juices a little bit, get your, your brain thinking. Here's uh, one. Live my best life and only buy pants with no buttons or zippers. That's a good idea. Number two, buy all leftover 2021 calendars and burn them. I think that one's really good. We need to have a bonfire together and do that. Number three, read more or at least turn on the subtitles while binge watching TV. Number four, and I think this is one we can all agree with, eat more tacos. Number five, stop Googling symptoms. I think that one's one we all need to adopt for this coming new year of 2022. Um, finding how to finish out New Year's resolutions can be really difficult. Sometimes if you make them, you know, you start them, and then in a matter of days, weeks, maybe even months, you're breaking them. And we all want things to be different. We all want things to show up and really change. This year is going to be different. This is going to be my year. And it's not always the case. Life's full of ups and downs, and we all can relate to that more than ever over these past two years of just all the uncertainty. So what do we do? How do we make things really change for the better? You know, when we're trying to get healthy, um, we want to see the pounds go down on the scale, or we want to see the inches go up on our biceps, or we want to see the inches on our waist decrease. We want to see those changes. And when we work extra hard, you know, we want to see more money on our check each week, you know, or each month, but it doesn't always happen. Even if we don't like change, we definitely like to see the benefits of change in our life. Some of us, we like to keep everything the same old, same old, but we love when things improve for us and when things get better. And our faith should be no different. But I believe in one area of our life, our faith it's so easy for us to just get caught up in the status quo. And when we take a step back and look at our lives, we can begin to think, why isn't my spiritual life better? Why isn't it stronger? Why am I not closer to God? But if you take an honest look, many times we haven't done anything different. We've gotten the same result because we've been doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. So what do we do? How do we make our relationship with God better? The problem is in our spiritual life, when we feel like we've arrived, like we sort of hit this status level that we're all good, or, you know, we just need to just, we can just kind of coast. I'm telling you, that's the time to look out. It's the time to realize that we are in danger. We're in danger of becoming like the Pharisees that we see Jesus have so many encounters with. And truthfully, if we just sort of are standing still spiritually, we're honestly dying spiritually. There is no standing still when it comes to our relationship with God. Yes, we're told to be still and know that I'm God, but we do need to continue seeking to follow God's word every day, taking steps closer to Jesus, becoming more like him, never just saying, ah, I've reached my place. This is it. I don't need to go any farther. I don't need to go any deeper. We're either moving forward or we're slipping back. So the question remains, what's my next move in this year? We love talking about next moves at Movement Church, and I hope and pray that you're ready to make your next move closer to Jesus. What am I, what are you going to do differently 
this year to move closer to Jesus? That's a question I want you to think about for these next few minutes. No more sitting still. No more giving up. We're going to keep moving forward until the neighborhood knows Jesus. That's our vision statement. Keep moving until Jesus is known by everybody. How, how are we going to do that? So what's your next move? Well, our mission here at Movement Church is to love, serve, and move. That's our goal. That's our purpose. That's what we do day in and day out. And that may seem really broad, but what that means is this. We seek to love God and love other people. We serve the church and the world in Jesus' name. And we keep moving and growing in Jesus and helping others do the same. That's what we're, our goal is. That's the way we live our life day in and day out. If we're going to be on mission at Movement, that's what it looks like. So I want to ask you, how are you doing in that? If you feel like you're floundering, if you feel like you're just sort of stuck, then maybe it's time to take a look back at our mission statement as a body of believers here at Movement and keep loving and serving and moving. You know, these three things are, are so important. I really don't believe we can neglect one or two and really be healthy. They're like a, a three-stranded rope. You know, they all come together and they make the bond that much stronger. So I want to look at those th three things just for a couple minutes this morning, and I want to kind of take them a little bit out of order, but we're going to start with serve. We serve the church and the world. That's what we want to do at Movement. The easiest way to live out the teachings of Jesus is to serve other people. We talk a lot about serving at Movement Church, and if you're used to just sort of coming and sitting at a church, it's probably not a place that you'll feel really comfortable, but we hope you'll get comfortable in a good way that you'll start to find out how you can serve and move closer to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 26, Jesus said very plainly, he said, not so with you. He said, this is how you're supposed to relate, not the way the world does. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If Jesus, our King, did not come to be served, but came to serve, how would we ever think that we are not called to serve other people all the time? We're called to be servants day in and day out. That's where you learn to humble yourself and to put others first. And, and you've heard me say it, you've thought it yourself, you've probably heard it many other places, but the more that you try to meet your own needs and make yourself happy, the more miserable you and I become. But when we try to put other people first, that's when we truly find out what peace and joy is like. As we decrease, God increases. We're proclaiming when we serve that it's not about me, that it's about God. And it's about you and other people meeting, meeting Jesus and getting closer to him. A few years ago, we had someone who invited a friend to church and uh, the friend was like, ah, I'd really love to go, but I don't have really nice clothes. I, you know, I don't have a lot of money to spend on clothes, and so I don't think I'd fit in. She's like, oh, you don't have to dress up at our church. She said, they might put you to work the first week, but you don't have to dress up. And I, I love that. I thought it was funny. I thought it was hilarious because we believe in serving other people in Jesus' name because Jesus is our king, and we want to be like him. You cannot be like Jesus and not serve other people. We want to experience more of Jesus, and so that's why we serve. We also want to move. We want to move 
closer to God every single day. We're going to fall. We're going to stumble. We're going to get punched in the face, so to speak, by life. But we keep getting up and keep moving closer to God. Never stop growing and learning in your faith. That's what we're talking about, honestly, when we talk about moving, is growing and learning and getting deeper in your faith with God. The truth is that healthy things grow. If something's not growing and it's a living being, it's probably not healthy. For something to be healthy, though, you have to feed it. I believe the key here is to be fed and learn how to feed yourself. One of the most telltale signs of spiritual immaturity is when people say, I'm just not being fed. There's a lot of times that people will say that before they leave a church. Now, if you're a new believer, yeah, we well, understand you don't know how to feed yourself. But many times this statement said by somebody who's been a Christian for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years even. They say, I'm not being fed. Well, there comes a time, then guess what? You have to feed yourself. I have to feed myself spiritually. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 says, We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You see, we need to continue to be growing and getting deeper in God's Word and learn to feed ourselves and not just be babies spiritually, but grow up to be people who can help feed other people. Like we said, we're not saying if you're new to church or you're new to Jesus that you're not going to need somebody to help you along and feed you at, at first but there comes a time you got to grow up and learn to do it yourself. Now, the beauty is as we work together, we're going to help feed each other. But you and I need to be able to dig into God's word and grow deeper every day so we can follow Jesus more and more as each day goes by. You know, it'd be really kind of uh, disconcerting if you and I were hanging out and uh, maybe you didn't know me all that well, you know, you're, we're hanging out and you say, well, I've got to, you know, rush back home and I got to feed my child. And I'm like, oh, you know, how, how old is the little guy? And he's like, oh, he's, he's 18. You know, you think, okay, there's one of two or three things that's probably going on here. There might be some developmental issues. There might be an injury or number three, it might just be laziness. And if there's nothing wrong with the, the child's health, they have to be able to feed themselves at least sometimes, you know? And if we're talking spiritually, we've got to view it the same way. There are many believers that have been believers for years that complain and hop from church to church shouting that mantra, I'm not being fed, I'm not being fed. But there comes a time when you and I have to get up off the couch and feed ourselves and feed some other people too. The church is called to edify and called to encourage each other, but not continually feed people who've had time to learn to feed themselves. The beauty of it, though, is, as we said a moment ago, is that as we study together, we challenge each other to dig deeper and to think of things that maybe we've never even considered helping each other feed ourselves. But you got to eat the right food. You got to make sure you're eating the right food. You need to be feeding on God's word, the milk and the meat, as it said there in Hebrews chapter 5 that we read a moment ago. But you never neglect the milk. You don't ever get past the point where you don't need to be reminded because it says in 2 Peter 1, beginning in verse 12, So I will always remind you of these things. 
even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Peter is saying, I'm going to keep reminding you of these basic things, but you also, as Paul said, need to keep going, or the writer of Hebrews, I should say, you need to keep going deeper and getting deeper into God's word. Go back over the basics and keep getting deeper. So the important thing, though, is focus on Scripture. Focus on Scripture. Outside books and devotionals and those things can be good. They can be, but they're written by people. And we need to remind ourselves of that. If it's not in the Bible and it disagrees, you need to side with the Bible. Devotions and all those things, as we say, can be helpful, but they cannot be your entire spiritual diet. Think of it like carbs and protein. The devotionals are kind of like carbs. You know, they can be helpful at times. They might be a little bit sweet and they give you energy and they might, but if they make up your entire diet, you won't be healthy. So we need time daily in God's word and we have to spend time in prayer to gain that wisdom, to study God's word, to keep moving and put the truth into action. Well, the last part of that that we've said is the love, serve, and move. We're going sort of backwards here. We flipped it around a little bit. Love. Love God and love others. We love God and we show our love, express it through worship. But first, before I dive too much into that, I want to tell you that next week, Lord willing, we're going to be starting our new series called God Has a Name. And we're going to look at God's Word and we're going to see who God really truly is. Many times we sort of created this idea about God, but we want to make sure we worship the one true God, not a God of our own making or a God of our own creation. So as we learn to love him, we're going to get deeper and stronger in God's word. But when we worship him, that helps us grow a lot closer to him. We express our love for God in so many ways. You and I need to be worshiping privately. We need to be worshiping every day in some way. And that, that could mean singing. That's just a part of it, though. Many times our worship is reflected by the way we live our lives. You see, we're not bound to a place or a building or a time. We're called to worship in spirit and in truth. And we do that because if we have the spirit of God, God's presence is always with us and even in us. We're always in the presence of God. And so we don't go to a place like the Old Testament Jews did. We worship every day by the way we live our lives and the way we seek after God's face and the way we treat other people. That's all parts of acts of worship. But we also need to praise God by song, praise God with our prayers, praise God with our voices on our own. But we also come together as we're able to do here online. Thankfully, even though we can't be together in person, we can worship together corporately as we are in our different places. But we come together normally and we're commanded to do that as much as possible. Encourage one another. We need to celebrate Jesus by singing, by sharing in communion, by studying together, by giving to God. All these ways are ways we show our love for God and to God. The truth is, though, we can't claim to love someone and not show them. So we want to make sure that we do all these things privately and together as we worship and show our love for God. And as I've said many times before, love is not simply an emotion, it's action, it's sacrifice, it's a decision, it's a choice to love God. And so sometimes we're not even going to feel like we love God, but we continue to seek after his face, to get into his word, to proclaim his goodness 
And we're going to be reminded time and time again of just how good God is. But we also show our love for others as we love God. And there's three ways that we can sort of categorize that. We encourage, we serve, and we share our faith. Who are you seeking to encourage? Have you encouraged anybody in the past couple of days, in the past couple of weeks? Maybe right now, especially if you're down, if you're discouraged, and a lot of people are, a lot of people are. Take some time and send someone a text. Just say, I'm thankful for you. Or say whatever you want to say that's encouraging and will build them up. And say, I'm praying for you. And then pray for them. Pray and encourage. Pray for and encourage people as much as you can. And you will receive encouragement like you've never had it before. Serve, like we mentioned earlier. One of the greatest ways to show love for people is to serve them. That shows that you care more about them than you care about your own comfort and needs. And share your faith. The most loving thing that you and I can do is share the good news that Jesus is alive. And you and I need to be sharing our faith with people. Encouraging them by the testimony of what God's done in our lives. Letting them know that he didn't just die for me and all these people that go to church, but he died for them too. That's what we need to be doing. So here's how we bring it all together. If we only serve, if we only serve, we're going to quit and burn out at some point. We're just going to give too much and we're not going to be able to keep going on. If we only move and, and study God's word, we'll become arrogant and puffed up with only knowledge. But when we tie all those three things together, when we love God, we show him in our worship, both personal and, and together, and we love others by sharing our faith and serving and encouraging, and we do all these things, and we keep moving closer to God, we become what God is calling us to be, faithful and mature disciples. You know, there may be a temptation to say, you know, I'm just so busy. I got so much on my calendar. Or you could even think, I'm so far behind, and I, I should be a lot farther along, and I've just sort of wasted this time, so I, I might as well just quit. And sometimes we say, well, I don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to focus on love. I'm just going to focus on worship. You know, I'll come and I want to sit in church and I want to be able to sing and I want to be able to have people serve me. But there's danger in that as well. Even though you're loving God, you need to make sure you know this. If we only focus on love, where all we do is worship, then we become shallow. If we only focus on telling people about Jesus without serving or moving, we have no truth to draw on and our message won't be heard because our actions won't back up our words. So the key is to try every day to love, serve, and move. And the truth is, you're not going to get it right. You're not going to get it perfect every time. Nobody is, but Jesus is but you keep on loving and serving and moving. And so let's make it our goal this year that this is going to be different. Even though we're about a week or week and a half in, we're going to make, from here on out, we're going to love, serve, and move the way God has called us to do it. And then we'll start to see the change in our lives that we've been looking for. I love the fact that Jesus made the change for us. You know, we couldn't do it. We couldn't be good enough. We couldn't do enough good to make up for all the bad we've done. But Jesus made the change for us by going to the cross and dying in our place. And even better still, he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave. And we have the opportunity because Jesus made the change for us. He also afforded us the opportunity to have that change happen in us. Jesus picked up his cross 
so you and I could then turn, pick up our cross, and follow him. And we've got the opportunity for the next few moments to take a couple of moments and pause and remember the sacrifice of Jesus. So if you haven't gotten any communion emblems, I encourage you to hop up and grab some of those and take a little piece of cracker, a little piece of bread, and a cup of juice, and remember the body and the blood of Jesus that was broken and poured out for you and me because he made the change that we couldn't make, but he gives us the freedom and the life to change everything from here on out because of his great grace. So take a few moments and talk to God and say, Lord, help me to do something different in my life this year. Rather than just talk, rather than just make resolutions, rather than just make empty promises, Father, continue to shape and mold me and change me because of what you did on the cross through your son, Jesus. And help me to realize all that I am because of all that you've done. Help me, Father, to lay down my life like you laid down your life for me. To remember the body and the blood of Jesus that allows me the opportunity to pour out my life so that other people can know you. Take a few moments. Remember what Jesus has done. And I'm going to pray for us right now. Father, I thank you that we don't deserve grace, but you give it freely. I thank you, Father, that we don't deserve new chances and fresh starts, but you give us those not just every year, but every day. Every moment we have the opportunity to just turn back to you. I thank you for that grace that you afforded us by the cross of Jesus, his body and his blood that was broken and his, his uh, blood that was shed. I thank you, Father, that you paid a price that we could not bear and we get to be free. Help us, Father, to remember that day in and day out and realize that we have a new mercy every single day and we can be free indeed in you. Help us to love, serve, and move, Father, and make a difference in our world, not just right here, but all around the world. Thank you, Father, for loving us more than we deserve by showing us through Jesus, your Son on the cross. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.